talked so much about politics on Midweek Media Watch, almost uh, everyone I can remember in recent times. So I thought, you know, seeing as you had the Silver Scrolls on the program tonight, maybe it would be a good opportunity to talk about uh, entertainment and personalities and so on. Um, and thinking, you know, today we've had that Kim Kardashian getting caned for that tone-deaf private island tweet and it just struck me that when celebrities put themselves out there now there's a kind of added danger for them in these COVID times that if they don't um, get the tone right uh, with and they don't appear a bit relatable uh, there's a real danger for them and when they sit down for opportunities uh, for interviews it is actually a chance for interviewers to ask them about this sort of stuff too and uh, if I was a PR agent I think I'd be advising them to uh, sort of roll out a bit more um of the of the humbleness and perhaps a bit of the charity type stuff they do because in these times I think that goes down well and um, there was a few interviews this past week with Matthew McConaughey uh, Hollywood star he's got a book out so he's been on the media circuit big time and uh, he was um, uh, he's got a, uh, his book is not just about his showbiz memoirs because he's mined he says 35 years worth of diaries uh, to put this book out it's also kind of life advice and he's got the slogan of just living which is um, apparently I've just discovered something he blurted out in his um, breakout role as that kind of slightly creepy overgrown teenager in the movie Dazed and Confused back in the 90s. Um, But he says these are philosophies, uh, he calls them bumper sticker wisdom, uh, that he puts out there. And I think it's a bit of a chance for interviewers to challenge him because some of it is kind of nonsense. And in fact, uh, (laughs) the first of the interviews I heard with him on the circuit was last Thursday. Um, Here's News Talk ZB's Mike Hosking uh, asking him, first of all, he asked him about working in the ANZ Bank when Matthew McConaughey was a teenager in Australia. But then this rather uh, unexpected Expected question. Look, I mean, uh, let's not dwell on it, but there's a there's some talk of wet dreams, which is which oh, is yeah. which is moderately confronting as a reader. I'm a conservative sort of person. I'm suddenly li- hearing about your wet dreams, and 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 this was you you're in strange, oh, far flung parts of the world. They're not, they're not they're not sexual wet dreams. I'm not sharing like uh, um, um, I'm not. It's not like opening up the bedroom door and letting someone come see. You know, there's no there's no lingerie in these wet <laughs> dreams. They're actually they're not sexual at all. Mm, yeah, so I found okay. that moderately confronting as a listener, but like Mike Hosking there, but it wasn't uh, what you might imagine from uh, what random. Mike Hosking was talking about there. But no, it is a story in his book. And this is where the nonsense comes in, because it was a, an anecdote that kind of made very little sense about him having a dream several years apart about the Amazon. And a bit like Kim Kardashian with her private island, he was you know, had the means to be able to stop working and go and chase down this dream, actually go to the Amazon and almost try and recreate the scene. At this point, you're thinking... This guy's a bit of an idiot. And then he turns up for an interview with Kim Hill, uh, which was quite interesting as well. He told some of the same anecdotes as you would if you're an author um, with a book out um, you know, about turning down mega million dollar roles in romantic comedies because he became typecast as he calls himself a shirtless beach guy and wanted to do something a bit more meaningful. But he still <laughs> re- relayed some of the anecdotes from his book. And then Kim, as I'm pleased that she did, Kim Hill kind of took him on. Here's one example where he told Kim this rather indulgent and very long story um, and then got on to this, this other one that she thought he'd glossed over, which was about one of his adventures into the wilderness where he was taking time to find himself. Some stories you don't tell, you just refer to in passing. So yeah. I need to ask you about doing peyote in the cage with a mountain lion. <laughs> True story. I will say that mountain lion ended up purring in my lap. 
at the end of that, uh, at the end of that, uh, well, that's your recollection. Can you be trusted? I was the only one was there. It was just me and the mountain lion. You'd what were you doing in a cage with a mountain lion? Um, we were matching frequencies. I was very confident that, uh, I could, uh, not necessarily tame this, this wild mountain lion, but I, but I was very confident that, that, um, I could get on the same frequency. Mm, so I like that because Kim wasn't really saying, oh, come on, you know, you tamed a mountain lion. Mm, don't know about that. Uh, so she was, you know, given that he was supposedly on peyote at the time, he wasn't really a reliable witness in his own yarn. But I like the way she sort of drew it out of him. And there was a bit of skepticism there that you can't just, uh, you know, put these uh, outlandish anecdotes in a book and expect not to, to be uh, called out on them and, uh, and asked to uh, provide a bit of context so that we could actually believe what he's saying. So with all of this talk of frequency and so forth among other things. Did he emerge from the interview as a good person? Did you believe him? Well, this this interview took up most of one hour, of all of an hour, basically, except the news bulletin of Kim's show. So at this point, I was sort of thinking, this guy's a bit of a idiot and and, and but but full of himself and is uh, actually sometimes not too interesting stories however had he told a few other stories like he beat up a bouncer who put a hand on his father one time and and uh you know i was not uh, not impressed with him at all actually at this point and then he started talking about a foundation this uh, keep living as i say he has the slogan just keep living and he founded this this thing in, in texas with his wife to um to give uh, guidance to at-risk teenagers from the wrong side of the tracks in Texas where he lives. And he started talking about this, how they give the kids exercise goals and community service, he said they had to do. And another of these lifestyle, this, this bumper sticker wisdom that he talks about in his book, form good habits and become their slave. This is one of his mantras. And then this, this is a bit that was intriguing where Kim uh, asked him a bit about how this foundation works. We give them uh, nutrition goals. All right, so since your mom spent 45 bucks on six burgers and fries last night, and that's what you were going to have again tonight. Instead, we're going to take your mom and you to the supermarket, and we're going to spend that 45 bucks on some produce, on some rice, maybe a little bit of meat. Same amount, same amount of money you're going to spend, but you're going to have a healthier meal, and you get to go home and cook it together. Good family time. Third, uh, community service. Every student has to do community service within their community. And that gives them accountability, meaning it's not this is not a free ride, not a free ticket. We're not just giving you these things. You have to do these. And it gives the kids some ownership because they're they have to do some work, too. Yeah, and after that, he talked about they make the kids sit in a circle, the gratitude circle, and say out loud to each other the things they're really grateful for. Uh, you know, and they all wear T-shirts. I looked it up, the photograph saying, um, you know, never, ever quit, hashtag. And it all started to look a little bit culty to me. Some listeners, actually, who heard this as it was going out live were saying, well, what is this? This all sounds a bit a bit iffy. Um, a few other people said, I'm so confused. What movie is he promoting? Um, so is it real? Is it a legit charity, welfare organisation? Well, it is. I looked it up, and sure enough, uh, he does an awful lot. In fact, the Texas Monthly, which is a really good magazine, had looked into it and praised him. He's also done an awful lot of stuff uh, for um, coronavirus messaging. He's done long interviews with um, Anthony Fauci trying to get the message out. He's done videos in Spanish for his 4.3 million Instagram followers, which he didn't talk about in the interview. So when you look it up, um, it does seem like it's a charity that does good works, employs a lot of teachers, this foundation of his. And then aside from that, he's using it uh, to do good work on coronavirus, which he didn't talk about. 
So in the end, after hearing, you know, that's the benefit, I think, a long interview uh, with Kim rather than the shorter thing you often hear with a celebrity and then, you know, look up look up some of the context of what he's saying. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I formed a much better impression of him. And like I was saying with the Kim Kardashian, you know, I think important for celebrities in these times uh, to present a better picture of themselves if they possibly can. It's nice to know that they're human, isn't it? I mean, I think that part sounds, well, it feels important to me anyway, that I'm listening to a real person rather than someone presenting a show. Yeah, in these unbelievable times. Exactly. And there was um, another interview that Kim did about an hour later, which was with the musician Ben Harper, who's a mixed race uh, American musician. And he talked about race and living in Trump's America as well as the music. And, you know, that, that was a really fascinating interview, too. So, yeah, good listening on the Saturday. And then there were there were other celebrities on Saturday on RNZ National. Yes, indeed. In fact, uh, including the presenter we, we heard from earlier in your program, Charlotte Ryan. Um, yes, a, a bigger star even than Ben Harper of US Music uh, later on on Saturday uh, with also something to plug, must be said, on Music 101. Got down on my knees, grabbed my pen and bowed my head. Bruce, it's such an honour to talk to you. Let's talk about the new album. I understand that you wrote all the new songs from this new album on a guitar that was given to you by a fan. I was coming out of my play, and there was a young man on the sidewalk holding a guitar, so I figured he wanted me to sign it. He said, no, 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 I want to give it to you. Yeah, sorry, the, edit, the editing hiccups there, I must take um, uh, the blame for those. That was my my uh, digital editor hiccuping. You can't blame Music 101 for those dodgy edits. But that was Charlotte Ryan on Music 101 talking to Bruce Springsteen, who was uh, made to learn is now over 70. Uh, look, he's spoken up a bit about political divisions in the US, but uh, Charlotte's interview with him was all about the music. This is a shorter one. I think it only came out at about uh, 16 or 17 minutes and just about, about the album. And, you know, it was a kind of a shame because I'm guessing that this was one of those ones where uh, the PR company rings up, makes them available for an interview, you have a time slot, and you pretty much have to stick to, in part, talking about the music because he's had his music used, uh, misused, I think, by the Trump campaign, had to call them out about that. And just on Monday, he was on The Daily Show in the US uh, saying that he hopes Biden wins. And I think he joked that he would go to... Um, Australia when he was doing the interviews with Australian press outlets but we had challenged on that on the Daily Show he said no, no I don't think I, I will go there but um, yeah pity in a way that we couldn't hear a little bit more about what he thought about what was happening with that election looming um, but yeah it was a really nice interview with Charlotte and starting that way of you know, picking up on that anecdote of someone giving him a guitar which just opened him right up and he talked about um, how he created all these songs on this on this new album. Nice to hear from him, isn't it? I mean, he's 71 years old. We've been listening to him for many, many years. Yeah, so much experience and uh, really nice, uh, really nice interview. And um, I mean, the, the music, I'm not a major fan, but we know so many people who are. And uh, it kind of took me back to that thing about relatable celebrities. Hayden Donnell doing a midweek media watch with Karen a while back talked about how David Geffen, the music producer, had uh, tweeted out a picture of himself on his private yacht saying, I'm going to ride out the lockdowns out here. And that was the very same day I noted that Neil Young, who was an artist who had legally challenged David Geffen in the courts to get out of contract, he broke open his own archives through an app and his own on- online website, usually a subscription thing, and said, well, for everyone at home that would like new music to listen to here, just have this. So that's one way of dealing with uh, you know, the COVID times when we're supposed to be all in it together, um, not the David Geffen way. So yeah, plaudits to, to, to Neil Young uh, and to Bruce Springsteen and not David Geffen or Kim Kardashian. 
Importance to you too, Colin. It's so nice to have you do an entertainment media summary on Midweek Media Watch. Yeah, refreshing change. Might be more politics next week. We'll see.